Alright guys, October is coming, and that means postseason baseball. And, I mean, Seven, obviously you and, you and I, being friend, uh, being fans of some postseason teams, have gotten to see our fair share. Have you ever gone and, and seen postseason games live? No, I've never been, and it's something that's on the bucket list for sure, but it's also tough for me living in Boston. Like, do I really want to see the Yankees play the Red Sox if that were the case? In Fenway, so uh, I think I'd pass on that, but I'd love to go to Yankee Stadium. For your life, you might want to pass on that. But Yeah, I think so. But I've I've been lucky enough to go and, and, and check out some postseason baseball with Cleveland's little stretch here lately. Um, and the only way to go is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek makes the ticket-buying process simple and stress-free. You need to check out the SeatGeek app in the Apple and Google Play stores. Download the app today. And with tickets, it's not just sports, but we do have sports. Music, comedy, theater, more. Anything you could get a ticket to, it's in the SeatGeek app. Nothing beats seeing your favorite teams live and in person. SeatGeek scans all the secondary ticket markets and finds you the best deal. And it's rated on a 1 to 10 scale. And it's all about value. 1 might be a it's it's going to be a red dot but it might me me be a great seat but not going to be a great price not going to be a good value 10 great value you're going to be sitting in a good spot watching the game and watching the indians uh come back in the postseason here use our code breakdown that's b-r-k-d-w-n you're gonna get 20 bucks off your first seat geek purchase and you can go see like i said go see the tribe Use promo code BREAKDOWN, 20 bucks off, your first SeatGeek person. Perch is. I always say person. I don't know why. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Check out SeatGeek today. Seven. It's October. Let's do it. Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap. Brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Double drill. Deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Jason Giambi has done it. Welcome in episode 18 of Gap to Gap. There goes Seven's Oven. I'll I'll, I'll vamp while he goes and gets his chicken. Yep. Um, <laughs> but it is episode 18. The playoffs are bearing down. And boy, oh boy, is, is this end of the season stretch just turning out to be fantastic. Like... like between the the AL wildcard race, which which I've been lucky enough to be nips deep in with the Indians, um, and then you have the NL wildcard shaking out, uh, the the Phillies get knocked out by the Nationals last night. Seven, you back? Yeah, I'm back. I was rushing into that oven like a fucking episode of Chopped, but we're here. George likes his chicken spicy. Hey, let's go. <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, well, after doing that death-defying run to the oven, making sure that the potatoes were good, the asparagus is good, the chicken is not overcooked because the judges are going to knock me on that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just, you know, I'm here ready for some October baseball. Our, both our teams are in it, which is awesome. So we have a lot to talk about with them. 
uh, and some of the other filler teams, <coughs> Rays, <coughs> A's, but, excuse me, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, this is the best time of baseball, um, getting ready to see how everything shakes out for those wild card games, and of course, um, our favorite punching bag will probably not be making the postseason this season. You know what? Color me shocked that the team <laughs> that's had as much drama as the New York Mets will not be playing in October this year. I, yeah. Color me shocked, like, honestly. Who saw this one coming, right? Especially, I, for one, yeah, had them not Brody. fucking Sharpie in the playoffs. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> thoughts and condolences to New York Mets fans and their fan base and Marcus Stroman thinking he was going to New York to get a championship and he went to the Mets. Par um, for the course getting, for him. Yeah, so he was getting shippy with the Yankees. Um, I don't know if you saw that earlier, too. I didn't. But, Clue me in. Yeah, so Brian Cashman had an interview, a uh, little sit-down, talking about the trade deadline, how the Yankees were so inactive, and... Basically, they probed him on Stroman because Stroman's had a lot of success in New York playing for the wrong pinstripes. And they said, why didn't you go after Stroman? And he basically said, we didn't think we needed him. We don't think he's that good. Um, he would probably be a, a bullpen arm in our in our rotation when it came to the playoffs. So throwing a lot of shade his way. And I personally love it because it, you knew it was going to get a reaction. And of course it did. And Stroman started tweeting out his stats compared to the Yankees stats as a team, their pitching staff. And it's comical in a sense that he's somewhat right, but at the same time, the Yankees have over 100 wins. The Mets are going to miss the fucking playoffs in the most disastrous fashion possible. I did not see the Marcus Stroman tweets because I am still blocked by. Yeah, so uh, I got to fill you in. The mental little man. Um, <laughs> but I got his baseball reference page up right now. In in, in ten starts, 53 and two thirds. He's got an ERA that's about a run higher than it was in Toronto this season. Uh, yep. FIP is north of four. Whip is north of one five. Yeah. Cashman has a point here. Cashman has a point, but I think in the grand scheme of things right now, and obviously no one saw Domingo Herman with this domestic out, like no one saw that happening. Um, you can't predict injuries and you certainly can't predict uh, domestic abuse. So I understand where Cashman was coming from in that sense, but Stroman saying like, okay, well, you know, my stats are pretty much on par with what the Yankees have right now. And I think he's looking at his whole season. So if you include Toronto and New York, Stroman technically is better than what the whole, the whole of the Yankee staff is. However, at this point right now, I'm fine with him not being on the team. I feel like he wouldn't fit the mold of what the Yankees are trying to do. I, they're all savages. We know that. Thank you, Aaron Boone. But I don't think Stroman's a savage. I think he's just a pussy. So I don't think it would have meshed well with this team. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Marcus. Please, please, let's just get the whole show <laughs> blocked by Marcus Stroman. Ugh. Anyway, um, I don't know. I, I'm always gonna shit on Stroman. Um, and like you said, if if you're the Yankees, you couldn't have seen this stuff coming. I think they made the right move not for not trading for him. Um, the Mets, I can see it. You know, I can see what you had in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but. 
eh. Strowman's a very eh pitcher to me. Well, he's such a it's it's a weird combination because he he's a very uh, yeah he's a very eh pitcher because he's he relies on ground balls. He's not flashy, even though his personality would probably dictate otherwise. He's just a very he's he's a good pitcher. He's he's definitely above average. I you would think, think this dude was 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 Strowman or not Strowman Scherzer by the way he talks. Yeah, exactly, and it's just he's he's not. Gonna, I don't think he's a difference maker. I don't think he's the guy that's going to change your identity of your pitching staff, especially in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I think the Yankees are fine with what they have right now with Paxton Tanaka now Severino being back, which is that huge added dimension, which is essentially getting that elite starter that you didn't pay for at the trade deadline. He's now ready to go, and he's shown in the last couple starts, small sample size, but he's shown me that he's ready to let it, let it loose in the postseason. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, staying with the Mets, Mickey Calloway, will he be the manager on opening day of 2020? No. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I do not think he will be. And I think when you look at the Mets the last two seasons, so we have two years now in Mickey Calloway, and they've both been very much uh, similar in the sense that yeah, they have a great team in terms of talent, but as the manager, it's his job to really bring that talent together and build this cohesive unit that can compete, and we haven't seen that. We saw glimpses of it in both seasons where they rallied for a little while, but I don't think he's the type of guy that can lead this team, especially in a market like New York, and be relevant the way that he that the Mets really want to be. Yeah. And I just I don't think he'll be back. I know Brody will probably be back. They're not gonna axe a GM after one year and the Wilpons are idiots anyway. So I think the Mets will go forward and Brody will get his guy who he sees fit and the Wilpons will obviously have to vet that out. I think Callaway is better off in a smaller market. Maybe he'll go back to Cleveland. Who knows? I mean, he could be a pitching coach, or I don't know what you guys need. But I he think did he's such a off. good he did such a good job as a pitching coach. Um, the Indians are kind of content right now with Carl Willis, who was actually the predecessor to Mickey Calloway. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I like I like your train of thought that a smaller market will do him good. Um. Is it really out of the realm of possibility that the Mets move away from Brody? Um, I think it's going to be a similar t- type of timeline that we saw here with Mickey, right? I I don't think I think Brody has a longer leash because you want to have a GM that that shows some type of consistency. Um, even if he starts poorly, you need to see what his full image is, and it's kind of like what we saw with the Red Sox, right? They knew what they were getting in Dombrowski, but they gave him that window and he closed it, so they got a ring. No one really knows what Brody's deal is, so no one can actually say for sure what his vision looks like until it's actually seen through. So I think you're probably looking at at least three, four, maybe five years with Brody to see if he can shape this team in his image. And if it doesn't work out and they fail miserably, or if they're still worse, even just this pedestrian team that makes you wonder, will they, won't they, I think he's gone after three or four years. I feel like if I was ownership of this club, and the guy said he was giving up at the All-Star break. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good look. Yeah, and then they, they make this nice run that, that gives them... I mean, they were within spitting distance 
to and they're technically they're technically still alive. Their elimination number is one. We're recording on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday the 25th. I feel like that should definitely be noted here. Um, their elimination number is one, and we're less than a week to go in the season. Mm-hmm. I feel like for a guy that said we're giving up essentially, that that should weigh heavy on the fans and on the ownership. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because he was so defeated back in June, July that you really thought that this was kind of just, they're hitting the reset button again. And obviously, your point, they made that run. They were within spitting distance. I think they brought it down to as close as one and a half games out at one point. Yeah. And everyone kind of thought, okay, here come the Mets. And to the point I made earlier, they have great talent on the team. It's not like this team is a bunch of scrubs. Like, it's not like the Marlins pulling off a fantastic run. Like, the team has solid veterans. They have a good core group of young players, too. Solid pitching. So you, you wonder what it takes to get everyone clicking. And I, I don't know, because you're right. Brody is not William Wallace. He's not going to lead his men fearlessly into the postseason because we saw the tale of two Brodies. And one, on one hand, in the early part of the season when things weren't going the way he probably wanted – he kind of gave up. After he saw his team come together, he seemed to be a little bit more energized. But I don't know if I want that for my GM either because now I don't know which guy I'm getting. If I'm a player or a manager or a coach on that staff, you know, are we really being guided the right way? Because there's two trains of thought now. Are we in rebuild mode or are we in compete mode? And we never really saw either side take form. Yeah, and that's exactly where I'm at. And that's, and that's kind of why I wonder. I don't think they would, but... I don't. Th- it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they decided to move away from Brody here. No, I wouldn't be shocked. I just think, and again, it's tough because this is the Mets. So, I say, and, it's, and it's also tough to to fire a GM after one season. Right, but I think after next year, if it's the same shit, like if they're still treading water and it's not yep. getting better, but it's also not getting terribly worse, you have to wonder, like, all right, well, what's this dude's plan? Because you're you're going to be a year removed from here. You have another full off season to move some pe- people around, get a new coach. If the, if the case is they, ch- they fire Mickey Calloway, they need a new manager. So now you bring in everything you need. That's the reason I think it could happen. But at the same time, to your point, it's like, all right, well, we have another year, and, and Brody just got his guys. Do we want to see how this shakes out for one more year at least? So I think three, maybe four years is probably his, his window to show ownership that he's on the right path. But my problem is they have no identity, I want to see what, who the real Mets are because when we come to July... Yeah, don't we all? I know. <laughs> the thing is, when you come to July and you don't know what the fuck to do at the deadline, it causes a lot of concerns for A, ownership, but B, the fans too because I would hate to be in that perpetuate state of limbo wondering, are we going to trade Syndergaard, DeGrom, who's next, and who do we build around Pete Alonso? Like, these are questions that he has to answer, and I don't know if... He'll do it next year, but you know I wouldn't be shocked if they got rid of him if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying there. I, this stat you threw in the rundown, read this off to me because I, I, maybe I'm just super tired and not understanding it, but, but what do you got here? So, eleven times in the wild card era, so since 1995, one team has won two of three major player awards: the MVP, the Cy Young, and the Rookie of the Year. And in some cases, like Clayton Kershaw in 2014, one player won two by himself. All 11 times, the team made the playoffs. So the Mets last year had Jacob DeGrom, Cy Young, 
This year we'll have most likely Jacob DeGrom, Cy Young, and Pete Alonso Rookie of the Year, and they will miss the playoffs. And that goes back to the whole thing about this team being built to compete in terms of the talent they have, but they won't make the playoffs. So that has to be a red flag if I'm Brody and I'm ownership looking at this roster I've built and I still couldn't get into the postseason, especially in the National League because this was a clusterfuck for pretty much all season. Yeah, and especially here late, like August, September. Yeah, it's like that's kind of an ugly stat to throw out, but it, it rings true and it really kind of sheds a little bit of light on what's going on with this team because, again, there's no identity. How the fuck... Can I have a guy that hits 50-plus home I think he's going to have more than 50 home runs by the end of the season. But how do I have a guy like Pete Alonso hitting 50 bombs, Jacob DeGrom, best pitcher in my respective league, and I still don't make the playoffs? There's something fucked up about that. And if I'm the if I'm the fans of this team and I'm looking at this like, oh, well, we have DeGrom and we have Pete Alonso. It's like, dude, they didn't get you fucking anywhere. Yeah. It almost, to me, kind of reminds me of, like – Fuck, I can't. Like the, the the God, I'm blanking on it. Like the Oklahoma City Thunder when they had Durant, Westbrook, and yeah. Harden, and they didn't yeah. do shit with it. Yeah, I mean, but at least they made the playoffs, you know. True. And that and that's the whole thing. It's at least they gave their their team a chance to compete. And I'm not blaming this on Degrom or Alonzo because it's hard to because they've been so good all year. It, it's anyway, and we've talked about the one out of nine aspect in baseball plenty of times. Yeah, exactly. So it's no one's fault but the GM and ownership because clearly they're not seeing something that we the fans are and it, and it's also it, in that interview with uh, Mickey Calloway recently he also kind of started talking about the personal accomplishments the you know the Cy Young the rookie of the year how good his players are individually this is like the bizarro Yankees the Yankees are ring chasers every fucking year the goal is to get a championship and i know it hasn't happened in 10 years but every year i feel like most of the baseball community can kind of pencil the yankees in as competing for a world championship how often have you heard the mets are competing for a world championship and actually meant it um the year that they uh they lost to the royals exactly but how many times after and before that though it's tough Uh, to really find fat old zero yeah, I, I can't think of a time, granted back in 2000 with the Subway Series with the Yankees, but still, it's I got to go back 20 years to find the last time they were relevant. Like, that's not exactly a, a recipe for success. So I think a lot of it starts from the top. They're not run the way that I think they should be, but who am I to say? I just do a fucking baseball podcast. So yeah. we'll see what happens with this shit heap of a franchise. They won 90 games in 2015 where they lost the World Series in five. Mm-hmm. Made the wild card game and lost in the next year. Mm-hmm. From there, you have to go back to 06 for their last playoff appearance where they lost in the NLCS in seven. Yeah, that's right. And then the Subway Series before that. Yeah, so it's very it's very scattered and it's too far in between for me to take the Mets seriously. So. I th- again, they have the talent. We just have to see if they can actually engineer this roster the right way um, to be competitive, and I, I just don't know if they can. Yeah. Um, so moving past the Mets here, and we kind of touched on Mickey Callaway being on the hot seat. Um, who else do you have on the hot seat here? Because I got a couple names. So I would have said Yost, but he obviously is retiring. Yost is stepping down. Yeah, um, 
he was my number one, but he's retiring, so... Andy Green already getting the axe. Yeah, I kind of like that move by the Padres, though. I, yeah, I think, likewise. I think that, that shows a lot of promise, um, that they're going in a new direction. And then, I think, I would have said Mattingly, and it's weird that he got an extension from the Marlins because they've been so bad. And, not, like, I feel like at one point or another, enough is enough where you have to kind of look at it and say, how often are we going to count on the Marlins getting more than, you know, 50 wins just to just to cross that threshold, right? Yeah. They've been, at, they've been so bad. At what point can you say the Marlins are being poor, being mismanaged and it's not just bad, you know, uh, personnel? Because really, when you look at this team, they have nobody. And so you can't really put it on Don Mattingly. No, you can't, but... It's 16 all- and 17, maybe, when you had Christian Yelich and Giancarlo and D. Gordon and all them. Right. But 18 and 19, when they've won a combined 108 games. Holy shit. 118, sorry. 118 games. Still, But still, bad. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think the coaching has to do something with it. I mean, he's had most of these guys since he's been there. And, I, again, it's, it's kind of like the Callaway argument where you've had this roster for two years and you haven't done anything with it granted the marlins have much less talent than the mets so you can't expect them to win but it also kind of begs the question it's like all right well what are we doing to get better because it Mm -hmm. seems like all they do is just have a fucking fire sale every winter and every july they just keep selling and selling and selling trying to acquire more talent and i know at some point it has to work or it should work but it's taking far too long for this team to become relevant again. And not every team is built with the ownership and the managers and the coaching staff of the Astros. So you can't use that blueprint and think it's gonna work like every time you do it. I just, there's too many things that you need to change with this organization. I think Don Mattingly probably should have been swapped out for a new guy, new blood and new energy coming in. How didn't this 2017 Marlins team win anything? Because I th- fucking it was the coaching dude. I, I, so yeah, so maybe it so maybe it does fall on Mattingly. Look at this fucking line. Look at this fucking lineup. JT Real Muto catching, mm-hmm. Justin Bohr, D Gordon, Miguel Rojas, Derek Dietrich, Marcelo Zuna, Yelich, and Stanton. Yeah. With JT Riddle coming off the bench, AJ Ellis coming off the bench, <laughs> Brian Anderson, who's now their leading hitter. Yeah. I mean, they had no pitching. No, but still, it's, you know, the argument is if you can excel in one aspect of the game, you should at least be competitive. Yeah, and they won. I mean, they went 77 and 85, which was good for second in the East. Oh. So a team under 500 finished second in the NL East. That's disgusting. That's dis- that is disgusting. Um, also, three years today of uh, Jose Fernandez's. Uh, tragic passing. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, do I want to get into this? I don't know. Also, the the winningest manager of all time for the for the Marlins is, is has a fifty two percent win percentage. Who was it? Jack Mc McKeon. Hmm. Okay. But all right, back to Jose real quick. One, I did not realize it was this late in the season that it happened. Yeah, I do. I, I actually remember this happening. Um, I remember it happening, but I thought it was like I thought it was like like late August, no, not I, late September. 
I remember it was September. I didn't realize it was this late September until today when I saw everything on Twitter. But yeah, no, I mean, it's also it begs the question. And like, you hate to play that game, um, but what would the Marlins look like today if Fernandez, I don't? They they wouldn't have sold off everybody. That's what I think. I, I think it really changed the whole dynamic of the franchise moving forward because to your point, seventy seven eighty five. Not great um, the year after he passed away, but imagine if he's on that team. That's probably, what, an extra 10, 15 wins? Yeah, and then you add in the the, the glow-up of Christian Yelich here in the past two years. I know. It's it's something to think about. Again, it's like pretty tragic, so we don't want to get too deep into it, but yeah, it's definitely, it begs the question, Did that was that the franchise-altering event i guess that took place that really set the marlins back as far as they've gone and again not to get too deep into it right and i don't want to phrase it like this but i'm going to um i don't necessarily feel the amount of sympathy that i did when it first happened after the toxicology came out yeah no i mean i i know what you're saying um there was obviously he was obviously drunk and he was high so there was thing i mean it was it's sad nonetheless but i know what you're saying i yeah not to get too far deep into it but yeah obviously yeah. you need to I, was, I, kinda, I just kind of wanted to touch on that i didn't want to go too too deep into it and it's not really something we can bring up on a ho-hum ho-hum tuesday in november when we do a podcast exactly. um but yeah all right. Anyway, going back to the hot seat of managers, I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out three more names here. I just want your opinion on if they're managing uh, their current team in 2020. Clint Hurdle of the Pirates. No. Gets the axe. All right. Uh, how about Scott Surveys of the Marlins or Mariners? I'm sorry. Yes. Really. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think as long as Jerry Depoto's there, because it's Depoto's guy. They actually are making some progress, if you want to call it that. They obviously came out in April hot. There's some things there that are building blocks that you can look forward to. Do I think they're going to win 85-plus games next year? Absolutely not. But do I think they're on the verge of starting to break through a little bit? Yeah, and I think it's going to be incremental. I think you have to wait for some of these guys to develop more. Sheffield clearly needs some more seasoning, but Dunn looks okay when he's on. Kalenic will be coming up at some point. There's enough here that I think that you need to give him a shot with these guys. Because, again, it's tough to judge a guy when he's only had shit teams in front of him. So I think you give him at least one, maybe two years to see how it comes together. Like, if they make no improvements next year, I think he's gone. But if they show signs of getting better, I think you keep him. Haven't gone 500 or better since the month of April. See, that's pretty bad, but... I will. I'll attribute that to having a really shit roster too. I think a lot of that has to do with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna argue there. I just think I. That was one that stood out to me, and I. I like we said, we were we were sitting here, you know, on our third, fourth, on episode three or four, talking about how the Mariners, you know, they're not gonna take the NL West or AL West, but boy, they're they're looking good, and and then come yeah, back to come back to off. yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. How about Gabe Kapler? I think Kapler's gone. I think he yeah. has to be at this point. You've Likewise. Identical underachieving seasons. And after the offseason they had where, you know, just all the free agent acquisitions, all the trades, and you're, I think they're actually worse this year than they were last year. And 
I think the moral, or I guess the lesson learned, is look at what the uh, pod, the excuse me, the Padres did with Green. I think the same thing happens with Kapler. You have all this star power. Get someone in that can get these guys to play hard every day, and I think you have a better team. And because they have way too much star power not to be competing, and I think Kapler probably just doesn't have a good grip on the team at all. It's going to come down to this last couple days here. They're they're seventy nine and seventy eight. They went eighty and eighty two last year. Yeah, so, I mean, if they have the exact same record or worse, I'd have to imagine he's probably a goner. And still, even if they went out, so like even if they went out for those last few games, does it really make that much of a difference? It's to drop no, in the bucket? I don't think so. Especially yeah. when they're they're out of playoff contention now. Yeah, it's like shout, out, shout out Nationals. Yeah, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> All right, speaking of playoff contention, let's get into our playoff preview uh, let's start in the American League because I think we can both agree it's the more uh, enticing scenario. Yeah. Let's let's kind of just let's start with power ranking them. All right. So so in the the division, I'm I'm crowning the Twins a division winner. All yeah. right. Astros, Yankees, Twins are your division winners. A's, Rays, and Indians still in play for the wild card. Um, let's power rank. You got six. Uh, actually, no. Let's let's leave a team out. So they would be six, technically. So, yeah, just I'll shut up and you go ahead. (laughs) Well, I think both of us can agree that most likely the number one team here and probably all the playoffs, especially the AL, is the Astros. Agreed. I I don't think there's any argument there. I would take at number two, shocker, I'm going to take the Yankees. And I know it's, it's a homer pick. I get it. Let me explain I think the Yankees are a better team because they'll ha- they'll have home field for that division series. They're playing the Twins. I think if they don't get the best record, they'll be playing the Twins. And I think they match up perfectly with this team. And I think they match up better now because of Severino being back and because of Pineda being gone. It's a this for that, essentially, in terms of how we look at it when we look at the pitching matchups. Because now, instead of having... Pineda going up against Paxton, which probably could have been a toss-up. You'll have most likely Berrios and Paxton, followed by Odorizzi, Tanaka, and then Severino against Kyle Gibson. So, in that scenario, I like the Yankees taking at least two out of three right off the bat there. And if it goes back to New York, then the Yankees up a game looking to advance, I would give them the edge there. I think the Twins are a great team. I just don't think that they're ready for the bright lights yet. Yeah, and I'm that's why I'm gonna follow I'm gonna follow suit with two for the Yankees. Um and I'm actually gonna drop the twins further down. I'm gonna put Oakland third. I like that a lot actually, because I was I, thinking it. I really like this Oakland team. Um and then I'm gonna even go even further. I'm gonna put the Rays fourth. Wow. So and, you're and, leaving your Indians off. I am leaving my Indians oh. off, and and, and it, as as much as I don't want it to happen, just right now, I think it's the most likely scenario. I think if you let this thing play out over, let's say, another two weeks, then I think the Indians would overtake the Rays. But the Rays right now are just unconsciously hot, mm-hmm. and I think there's absolutely something to be said for a team. It's something that I tell the teams that I coach. Um, there's something to be said for a team that's too stupid to know they're out of a game. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And this Rays team is is 
literally too stupid to know they're out of a game. Four of their last six have gone to extra innings. They've won all four of them. They they ever it it seems like every time you 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 scoreboard watch, it's like oh the Rays are down nine to six in the in the bottom of the eighth, and then you look back a half hour later and it's like oh the Rays won eleven to ten in twelve fucking cool like and and you saw it last night with with the yankees uh losing in extras and and here they are stabbing me in the back again down two nothing in the top of the third right now can i say something about that because i think there's a conspiracy going on right now go off king (laughs) so i personally think and someone posed the question on twitter last week and I, i read it a couple times because i thought it was just one of those stupid tweets from you know, a Yankee homer just saying, like, oh, dude, fuck, you know, Yankees are going to go deep because they're playing the Twins. Like, we want them to play the Twins. I kind of believe it now. And the reason I think this is I think if the Yankees have the best record and they're the number one seed, I think the Yankees are scared shitless of the Oakland Athletics. And if the Oakland A's host a wild card game and a team has to travel to Oakland for a one-game play-in and then the, and the Yankees take the A's, yeah, they'll have them at home for a few games, but then they have to go to Oakland, and they can't beat the A's in Oakland. I think they do not match up with, well with them at all. I think the A's have their number, and I think at this point, the Yankees probably just are looking at it like, why would we want to travel thousands of miles across the country for a team that we should beat? So I, th- I think they're scared, and not to say they're trying to lose against the Rays, but I also think they're probably thinking if the Rays win, they take the number one wild card spot, by chance beat the A's or the Indians in that scenario and now the Rays are at home if they advance and the Yankees have the Rays in, in the championship series if the Yankees advance it's a lot easier to manage because they know those teams very well I think this is a big ruse that Aaron Boone is just playing the guys that he that haven't played a lot trying to get them ready to go and not really giving a fuck about these last few games against the Rays. That's my personal opinion. I know it sounds very crazy, but at the, it was, what up, doggy? But at the, <laughs> <laughs> Bella is very opinionated on this Yankees taking tanking. I think, I think she agrees with me. It's not tanking. It's not tanking. It's just you know relaxing a little bit. We're just relaxing. We won over a hundred games. Let's take the like. I mean, who's this cat that you guys trotted out today? Jonathan Loasiga. Johnny Lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the, I mean he's one of their top prospects, but yeah, would he probably would he be pitching in a game right now if this was a must win scenario? Absolutely fucking not. Would George yeah, and that's why he's, he just last night? No. And that's why he got fucking trounced for four hits, two runs, gave up a ding dong, and now J.A. Happ's towing the rubber. Exactly. So Aaron Boone knows what he's doing. He's a fucking savage mentally. He understands what has to be done. And I think they want the Twins because the matchup is too enticing for this team. They do not want to see the A's. Hell, they don't want to see any of these fucking wildcard teams should they have a chance to beat the Astros. And I'm thinking of, I'm looking at it long game. I hate to say, like, look ahead to who you could be playing. But I think in this case, it actually could be true. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, so let's talk chaos here. Oof. If... All shit hits the fan. I mean, right now the AL wild card is separated by from first to third a game. Oakland's up a half on Tampa. Tampa's up a half on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So top to bottom's a game of teams still eligible. Hypothetically, all three teams tie going out of Sunday. 
that would lead to a scenario and i'm i call it abc and this is from from major league baseball they tweeted it out this afternoon if all three tie each team would choose a b and c designations based on their head-to-head records these teams aren't playing head-to-head um again so it's already set in stone oakland would have the first pick tampa would have the second pick cleveland would have the third pick um and I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry. Do you want to be the one seed, the two seed or the three seed in this little bracket? They should just assign them. They shouldn't say you yeah, have you your should, choice. You like, <laughs> That's just the dumbest fucking thing. So, so Monday, so uh, Monday, the 30th club, a Oakland would host club B Tampa. And the winner of that would advance to the wild card game. The loser would then go on the road to play club C Cleveland and and the winner of that game goes to the wild card game losers done and then Wednesday the 2nd would be the wild card game and then if i'm not mistaken Thursday the 3rd is the start of the ALDS yep so that is a lot of baseball in a short amount of time just and a lot of traveling in, yeah just to get into the fucking postseason let, like let alone winning all these games just cuz you have like this is just to get into the postseason yeah, and, and we can both agree the wild card game is not a part of the postseason. I don't count it, um, especially. We've talked about we've talked about that on here before. Yeah, I think obviously if the team that wins in that wild card game, yeah, they're a postseason team now because they're officially going to a division series. Mm-hmm. Do I, I don't count that. I count that game as what it's it's coined as a wild card game. These are teams that deuces wild. Let them fight it out and see who gets to play. The real test, which is the division yeah. series. It's a play-in to go to the playoff. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And the fa- like, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself from one of from our, one of our prior pods, but both teams are going to trot out their their slogan gear for the for the that wild card game, and I guarantee they'll do it for this game one sixty or for this ABC scenario too. And. It's just a money grab, and it pisses me off. It's not the playoffs. No. All right. Let's play bracket game. Uh, right now, who do you have making the wild card game, and who do you got winning it? Right now, i got to take the potatoes out of the oven. We should get some nice transition music when I'm doing this. But uh, <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to edit this out. You know, part of me doesn't want to edit this out. So, while I rant, I'm going to decide if I take this out or not, but I'm, I am leaving uh, the sweet, sweet sound of my voice in here uh, in case I decide not to edit it out and we just have some... Oh, you know what I'm going to do? And I'll put it underneath this. I'm going to put some elevator music underneath this and you're just going to hear me, me uh, riffing while Seven gets his potatoes out of the oven. Um, and it's gonna, I, I, hope it, I hope the joke lands... Because if it doesn't, it's going to be really stupid. Um, so I'll continue to riff here. Uh, quick scoreboard update, even though you're in the future. Uh, Mets on top of the Marlins, seven nothing. Raise seven. Do we leave that in there as, as a as a behind the curtain joke? What? Sorry, I was taking the potatoes out. I was I was literally riffing the entire time and just saying like, do I leave this in here and just put elevator music underneath it? I think you or... do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really think you do. Oh, I hope that joke lands, because if not, it's going to be really fucking stupid. Yeah, well, <laughs> I have another 10 minutes before I have to take them out again. I just have to turn the potatoes over, get a nice golden brown on them. Um, that's that's the stuff that doesn't get you chopped. 
No, that's the stuff that the judges see that and they're like, you know what? This kid fucking cares. He can record you, a podcast and he can cook a fucking Michelin meal for me. That gets you into the dessert round right there. Yeah, and I already know what the bass is going to be, so let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who do you got winning the wild card game right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Fuck. Let's we, see. Might have to, we might have to rename this episode. It was going to be Talking Playoffs. It might be Talking Playoffs slash Chopped. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. So as it stands right now, without the whole chaos scenario being involved, if it's the A's as the home team, <clears throat> I like the A's. I don't care who they're playing. I think they're, mm. I think they're a better team at home than the other two. And because also if it's – I would hate for it to be – I personally would not want it to be the Rays at home. And just from a viewership standpoint, because I'm going to watch this game. I don't want to see 6,000 people fucking banging a cowbell for five innings, getting loud, and then all of a sudden their team sucks again. And it just turns into the most depressing thing on TV. I would rather see a team that actually has a decent fan base that wants to go see their team. And I know Oakland probably has a better fan base in Tampa. I know Cleveland definitely does. But again, if it's as it stands right now while we record, I like Oakland to beat whoever. I just think they're a better team. And I think traveling across the country to go see them probably isn't ideal for either either market. So, Yeah, I like that. Um, I do think, however... If Cleveland gets in, even on the road, I give them a chance. Um, I give, yeah, just, I give, I give Cleveland a chance. Just because if we're if we're ranking, you know, game one starters, yeah. I'll take Clevenger or Bieber over whoever Oakland would trot out, Mike Fires and his G beard. Yeah. Or Sean Mania. Yeah, so that's a good point too because this is. The other thing that's at play, and now if you kind of put the chaos scenario back into the fold, if you break it down this way, can we really count on these game one starters actually being the game one starters for the wild card game? I I don't think it's plausible to think that the Rays would look ahead to see who would we play in the wild card play-in game and rest Charlie Morton. I think you throw your best in each scenario, and however the cards may fall, that's how you probably play it. I think with the Rays and the A's are very similar in the sense that they probably would use an opener if they had to. And I don't think yeah. there would be any second guessing. The the A's used an opener last year against the Yankees in the wild card playing game. Right? So Yeah. I mean they've they've done it before. It didn't work, but if you have two teams that are doing it, it's it would be interesting from that standpoint to say who, who really gets the edge here? Because you have the team Tampa who really galvanized the whole opener thing. And now the A's are probably practicing it too because their rotation has some holes. The Rays have some holes. The Indians, for the pitching aspect of it, definitely have the upper hand. I just don't like them having to travel all that way for a play-in game. And the offense against Oakland's offense, I just don't think it would bear as much fruit as if it were home in Cleveland. That's true. That is true. I, I think, and this is 100% biased, but I think Progressive Field in October is a very tough place to play. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I, the Yankees and Indians a couple years ago, that was, I mean, that was an exciting series. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and I think I think if you were to power rank the three home field advantages, I think, I mean, Tampa is a home field disadvantage. Yeah, it really is. Like, like that game last night, 
like you see G-Man Choi's uh, walk off, and there's like 13 people there. I know, it's, and, it's fucking And you're depressing. in a, the heat of a wild card race. And granted, I get it, the Indians have had their attendance problems, but like this time of year, when it's put up or shut up time, fans got to know to pack the seats. Exactly, and that's... Actually, no, what time did that game end at? It doesn't matter, it was like... No, it, do, it, 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 it clearly does matter, if you, if you know what I'm getting at here. <laughs> <laughs> it was late, alright? It was like around 11, 11... It was, yeah. yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I have to go back to the nursing home. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, it does matter. Yeah. Ugh. I kind of hope Tampa gets in the postseason just so we can continue this joke. That's great. But honestly, all joking aside, Montreal, you can fucking have this team because no one goes to these games. To your point, playoffs are on the line and you can't even fill the fucking right field bleachers. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Let's, let's take a look. A fun little look at SeatGeek. Probably good. Use, pro- use promo code BREAKDOWN of course. Uh, for $20 off and see what Tampa Bay Rays tickets are going for right now. It would be free and you get a little bottle of Tropicana orange juice. Holy cow, as soon as the Yankees leave town. So the Yankees are there tomorrow. Yep. And then, and the tickets for tomorrow, I'm sorry, tonight's game. Tickets are as, as, as low as $90. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, arguably the biggest series of the season for Tampa. Tickets start at just $10. So if you use the breakdown, $20 off code. You are going for free. Oh, I'm sorry. Shit, that game's in Toronto. Uh, Fuck, that backfired quick. But still, Um, if you go to Toronto, you're going for free. We're paying you to go to that. You're getting getting $10 to go watch a team potentially – uh, make the wild card game. How good of a fucking deal is that? God, we're just get we're giving the people what they want. We're just giving fucking tickets away. Now let's go conversely here. So, if the wild card game is played at Tampa, tickets start at one hundred seven. Uh, for if it were to be played in Cleveland on SeatGeek, it starts at one hundred eighty one. Yeah, so you can see the <laughs> the difference in markets. And the value. Yeah. Jeez. That's fucking nuts. That's All right. Tough. That that didn't land as good because they're fucking away for that last series. Oh well. Um <laughs> Either way, I don't I, I think whoever comes out of that wild card game is gonna get uh, a thorough spanking from the Astros. Yeah, I think so that, that's the other thing I'm thinking too. Like the Astros are gonna have some time off now. And I know in baseball it's different because you can rest starters and that's probably playing into their advantage. But the other aspect of that, too, is they haven't played baseball in a week, right? Like True. So are they going to be a little rusty going against a team that's hot coming in off a wild card playing game? I I don't know. It's- so that's actually why I don't hate um, the Indians coming out of the wild card this year, if they, if they do get to come out of the wild card. Right. Is because the last three years, they've been able to coast through, uh, and September has more or less been a joke for them. And then we saw it last year. They, they just weren't able to kick it back into gear when it came time. And so they got bounced very quickly by the Astros. And granted, that Astros team was very, very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there is something to be said for too much rest. I, I really do kind of believe that in the sense that if you haven't played baseball for more than you know five days, because during the season you have one off day 
in between games usually, and they don't happen very often. So you're playing literally every fucking day. Mm-hmm. So when you take some time off, and I, I understand it, you know it's good to rest a little bit before a big series, but if you're not if you're used to that kind of mindset of playing every single day, and then all of a sudden you're off for four or five days, and now you have to get ready for the biggest series of the year for you so far. Yeah, I think it kind of fucks with you a little bit. Now, do I think the Astros would lose the series? Probably not. Do I think they'd look as good as they have? I don't know. I think it has something to be said for that. Yeah, I would agree. All right, uh, what p- the potential second ALDS matchup, Yankees and Twins. Uh, I like the Yankees here. I, I just don't. I think to, to go the opposite direction of the Astros, I think this team is so inexperienced in postseason play. I think this moment gets too big for them. With the Twins, right? Yeah, with the Twins. Yeah, I agree. And I think you could say the same thing about some of the Yankees, too. This is a very different team than what was on the field last year. Uh, you have the emergence of DJ, or not DJ LeMahieu, well, him too, but Gio Urshel is playing now instead of Miguel Andujar. Uh, the pitching rotation is a lot different with Paxton leading that front. The bullpen's a lot different without Batances. Um, so, yeah, there's some inexperience, and there's a lot of guys that probably aren't used to this type of scenario. But I think the Twins, they, I just don't think they have as deep a roster, and especially not as deep a bullpen or pitching staff as the Yankees. So in this series, I think it actually, this is probably the, the one Yankee series where you can actually favor them because of their pitching. Yeah, hmm. that's that's interesting. I do like, and like, the Yankees pitching, especially without uh, Domingo. Yeah, that's a big one. To, to say they still have the edge in pitching is is wild to me. I just think I'd rather have Luis Severino than Domingo Herman. So not to say that I wouldn't want Domingo Herman because obviously he was your win leader the whole season and he was probably your best pitcher. But I think if you can take him out of the equation and you supplant an all-star like Severino into the mix, it actually makes your team better. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just a, a fun fact here. Uh, well, not fun if you're the team that gets left out. Whichever team gets left out of this wild card race will be, at worst, the second best team to miss the playoffs in the wild card era. That's a little pat on the back for you, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the 96 Reds missed the playoffs at 96 and 67. Oof. The 05 Indians. The 03 Mariners, the 02 Red Sox, the 02 Mariners all missed the playoffs at 93 and 69. Nice. Very nice. Not <laughs> nice to miss the playoffs, but a nice record. They probably looked at uh, that loss column and were like, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go over to the National League. Uh, we'll, we'll Hopefully our predictions stand true in those, and we'll tackle those next week as w- it'll be set in stone. We'll be recording uh, either right after the wild card game or w- what have you, or during the wild card game potentially. Um, National League, Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals are your division winners, with uh, Cardinals, again, assuming they've clinched a playoff spot. Their magic number to clinch the division is three. Um they lost today, again, to, uh, Wednesday, lost to the Diamondbacks by a score of 9-7. And the Brewers uh, handling business to the Reds. It's 8-2 in the fifth in that one. So that that magic number likely going to stay at three going into uh, Thursday. So I'm counting them a division winner. Q 
Cue the elevator music one more time. We gotta take those potatoes out for the last time. All right. So I'll riff again. Yep, riff. Um, <laughs> uh, again, scoreboard update. In case, even though you're in the future, it's eight to Milwaukee. They're gonna win that one. Uh, Minnesota and Detroit. Boy, I hope Detroit holds on to that one nothing game. Uh, that's in the seventh. Philly and Washington are in the fifth. That's one one. Chicago and Pittsburgh are two one in the fifth. Toronto and Baltimore two nothing in the fourth. Uh, Mets still on top of the Marlins at seven nothing in the third. There, fuck the Marlins. Uh, Tampa on top of the Yanks two nothing. Nice. Come on, Yankees. Nope. 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 We 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 talked about this on Twitter today. You're right. Yeah. Go Yanks. What the yeah. hell am I saying? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sox, Red Sox and Rangers, Indians, White Sox, Braves and Roy- Royals just getting going top of one there. Um, but you're in the future, so you already know how those things ended up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're back. The potatoes, good? They look delicious. I can't wait to eat them after this. <laughs> <laughs> I might tweet out a picture of the potatoes. Oh, I, I, I need that. We need that. Do we tweet the picture out with the episode as the graphic? I think so. I think that's the timestamp this week. Yeah, I think it has to and, be. And we're going to send it to Jordan, and he's going to be so fucking confused. Yeah, what the fuck are potatoes doing on a baseball podcast? I can't wait. Love it. Anyway, uh, Braves, Acuna out for the rest of the regular season, but it doesn't matter. He'll, he's apparently going to be okay for the NLDS. They already clinched. Not worry there. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are you worried about his health in the NLDS? No, because if they're already saying that he's going to be back, and uh, at this point, like the National League has so much less drama than the American League, that at this point, if you're the manager of any of these teams and you have an injury and you say, okay, like we're, we just lost someone for you know five to seven days, you can afford that at this point. I'm not too worried about him. What I would be a little bit worried about is he doesn't have enough time. So I'm not worried about his health, but I'm worried about him getting back into a rhythm of playing again. That's what what I'm more worried about is 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 I call it the Jose Ramirez because we it's what I saw for the last two years mm-hmm. is just because he's in the game is he going to be effective uh, when he is in the lineup? Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, and I don't think like health wise, I think Kuhn is fine, I, and not, not to say he's fine, he's missing these games, but I think they're really just holding him out for, more for precaution. Hopefully, if mm-hmm. he's not banged up to the point where he can't like swing and take BP or any of that, um, then I'd be a little concerned because yeah. he, this is your big bat. You need him ready to go because Freddie Freeman also dealing with some nagging injuries. So you need to wonder like how beat up are the Braves actually going to be in this postseason? And they're a team much like the Twins that I don't think will win uh, their their DS series. I have the Cardinals. Like I said, if, if, if it ended today, the Braves would be playing the Cardinals in the first round. I actually have the Cardinals winning that series um, because of the Braves' youth, for one, and their health, too. And I just, I'm not a fan of their pitching staff. See, I like the Braves' starting pitching. I don't like their bullpen. And I know in the postseason, the bullpens play a huge role because the games get shortened immediately. But I still would give the Braves the edge if everyone's healthy and everyone's in the lineup. And not to totally backtrack what we just said about having regular at-bats, but I think that's a tough lineup to navigate for any staff. That's true. And it's not like the Cardinals are throwing out, you know, 
in their own team, they don't have a lot of established starters that have been here before either. So I know Flaherty's been unreal, but how's he going to fare in a division series start going up against? How, how long did Flaherty carry? How long did Flaherty carry that no-no last night? Oh, I uh, I really. I thought it was. I thought it was into the fifth. Yeah. So I guess you don't really call it carrying a no-no, right? I mean, technically. Eh, semantics. I got the alert on it. See, I don't like getting those from ESPN. I don't count that as a no-no. I count a no-no after six. I, or mm, or okay. in, in the sixth. That's when I would probably start the countdown. Let's see. Jesus Christ. This was a, this is the most boring 19-inning game you could ever watch last night. Three oh, yeah. to two. The Cardinals scored in the first and the thirteenth. Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's so gross, too. Like, imagine watching that game. Like the Cardinals have nothing to play for either. Like they really don't. Flaherty allowed one hit over seven. I mean, that's a good stat line. I don't. Where Where was the hit though? Regardless. Um, geez, I, I, I'm not sold on this Braves team and, and it's hard for me to say I'm not sold on a team that's won 96 games to this point, Mm -hmm. but here I am saying it and I just, I, I very much wonder if they might've peaked early. Yeah, I can see that. I just, I look at the matchup in a, in a series, like in a five game series with the Cardinals I just see it as, yeah, the Braves are inexperienced, but I think game one decides this series, especially between mm. these two teams. And I think if Keuchel, a guy who's been there before, obviously had the runs with the Astros, he's pretty fresh. He only pitched over 100 innings this year because he signed in June. I think if you put him up against a guy like Flaherty, who very well could just go out and shit his pants on the postseason stage, I think that game really decides it because – if you have to dip into the Cardinals' bullpen early, and in game one, if they have to use a lot of arms, that kind of screws their whole game plan and formula because the Cardinals want to count on their starters taking them deep because you don't want to expose either bullpen in this series. I know they've been good recently, but I don't think I want to expose a weak point of my team at all, especially in a five-game series in the postseason. So I think if we're looking at experience versus potential, potential I'd give to the Cardinals, experience I'd give to the Braves in game one. And that's, I think, is going to be your series. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, He did carry that no-no into the seventh, by the way, leadoff hitter in the seventh inning. Okay, so that's impressive. Um, But still, didn't didn't finish the job. Um, We got to pitch two games in order to fucking finish the job in that one, so... (laughs) Uh, all right, let's do the same thing we did for the American League. Let's power rank these these NL teams. Uh, I think we both agree Dodgers is a very clear-cut one. Yeah, but the Dodgers are the Buffalo Bills of baseball, and we talked about it earlier. But if this team doesn't fucking win the World Series this year, are, are we ready to label them as the Bills of baseball? Oh, I already I, – I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Now, to, to build off that, are we ready to, to move on from Dave Roberts if they don't win it this year? I think so. I think – I mean – I know it sounds crazy, but the Yankees did a similar thing with Girardi. After Girardi brought them within an inch of the, of the World Series, they got rid of him. And Roberts has shown an inability to win on the biggest stage. 
So, yeah, if you're the Dodgers, you can say, well, we're going to keep getting to the World Series. That's great. Can you fucking win it once? Because mm-hmm. all these appearances are great, but nothing matters unless you win it. So unless you have the trophy at the end of the day, nothing really shows in that column. It's just, yeah, we had a good team, but we couldn't win. And in the words of the 95 Bulls, it doesn't mean a thing without the ring. Exactly. And to think what this Dodgers team could have been had Roberts probably made some different decisions in those series, who's to say that you know we're looking at a dynasty right now? Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so yeah, I think the Dodgers going in are a clear-cut one, but they have a lot to prove, which is strange for a team that's won seven straight divisions, but I think it's it's not a stretch by any means. No, it's very fair. Who do you have as two here? So two, I honestly would probably take the Nationals. And I know, oh. yeah, I know they're a wild card team, but I fucking love how they're, the team is made up. I think losing Bryce Harper made this team better. And the reason I say that, you lost Bryce Harper, you didn't pay him all the money you wanted, so be it. You have great young outfielders. Juan Soto is an absolute fucking monster. And this kid, for all the shit we talk about with potential versus experience, I don't care. Throw it away with Juan Soto. He can hit monster bombs. He hits for average. He's not even 20 years old, and he just gets better and better and better. On the flip side of that with the pitching, not signing Harper allows you to sign Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin might be your best starter, not named Max Scherzer right now. And they still have Strasburg. So a 1-2-3 with that murderer's row of pitching is just, I would not want to face that. I don't care who who you have to play. The the Nationals are, and they have a good lineup too. They have Anthony Rendon, who probably should be the MVP, if not for Bellinger's crazy-ass season. But there's a lot of talent on this team. The only thing that you probably look at, and we say it with a lot of these teams, is the bullpen. Can you mask that problem enough to get you wins? And I think this team can, because I think all their starters that would probably start these games can get you deep into games, and I think their offense can get enough timely hits. With an offense that supports Soto, Rendon, there's too much talent here for you to ignore it. Yeah, this offense is actually a lot better than I thought it was. Yeah, I th- I think they're they're just good throughout. And I I don't I don't hate the the team being better without Bryce Harper take. No, I think it honestly it's it's it took a huge distraction away from the team because, and I'm not not to say that Harper is a selfish player or anything like that, but everyone was keying on Bryce Harper every time the Nationals played when he was on that team. Everyone wanted to see Bryce Harper. And I get it, he's your star. But now that he's out of the equation, we're seeing more of an actual team dynamic. It's We're getting contributions from fucking everyone now. And I think adding Corbin, replacing Harper with Corbin essentially in free agency was probably the smartest move they could have made. Hmm. I like that. I like that take a lot. So they're my number two. Uh, so I, I have them at four. I, I, and, but, but I guess this was before how strong you came out with that. So I, I might bump them up to three. I like that. Um, but that does drop the Braves down for me. Yeah, but I think after dissecting the Braves a little bit like we just did, it's kind of easy to point out the flaws, right? They're, yeah. they're banged up. Their pitching staff after Keuchel is super inexperienced. Asking Soroka to go out and kind of be your stopper is a lot to ask of a kid who hasn't pitched much in the major leagues. 
it's true. It's a lot to ask of a kid like that. And the lineup, I mean, we talked about the injuries, but also who's who really is in there that I would tr- – because they're very inexperienced, and I don't think a lot of them have the chops to go up against the upper echelon of pitching, which you're going to see in the postseason. Hmm. Yeah. It's 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 a very it's they're similar to the Nationals in terms of their youth, but they differ in terms of the experience that they have, and I yeah. I think that can't just be discounted, especially in the playoffs. And I just I don't know I I think the Nationals are a better team than them. Hmm. So I got I got Dodgers and then I got the Cardinals two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll put the Nats three, Braves four, Brewers five. I think it's a completely different ball game if you have if. If the Brewers have a healthy Christian Yelich, oh, absolutely, without a question. But it's easy to play the. It, 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 <laughs> not going to say that. Um, <laughs> mention that to you off pod. But uh, anyway, uh, so Dodgers versus wild card winner. We both have the Nationals in that wild card game. I, I still think the Dodgers pull it out. I can see the Nationals actually winning in that series. Boy, if the Nationals do win that series, Dave Roberts is as good as fired. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's going after that. I think the Nationals, I think this is the one series out of all of these series and all the playoffs that we've talked about that could actually go five games. Ooh. I could see Yankees-Twins going five. I think the Yankees-Twins would probably be 3-1. I think it'll go four. I think... If you get two out of three in those first three games with those starters, I think it's a. I don't want to say it's a lock, but it's very likely that the Yankees would probably put the Twins away. Or to to go the chaos route, well, not full chaos, but let's say the Yankees edge out the Astros here in the final week. Oakland and Yankees would go five, I believe. That would probably go five, and I and I think o- I th- Oakland and Cleveland could go five. I think. Or, I'm sorry, Cleveland and, and New York could go five. I think. I uh, I think, yeah, it's it, obviously it's potential, but. I think the Yankees just have too like too much offense, and they know it seems like they they hit well against the Indians pitching, especially in the postseason. And I know Kluber was kind of the outlier, but I don't think much phased them in that series. I think it came down to the bullpens, and I would probably give it to the Yankees right now. Corey Kluber might as well have property of D.D. Gregorius tattooed on his fucking chest. <laughs> If you read in that in my fucking article, his arm hasn't looked right since the Obama administration. <laughs> um, like, like fuck all with this team. Like, I love this. I love this Cleveland Indians team, but by God, they're frustrating. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, again, I, if we're talking it, about realistic expectations, do I think the Indians could take it to five? Yeah, obviously, anything could happen. Do I think it would? Probably not. I think. The A's, if the A's had to play the Yankees, I think the A's would beat the Yankees. I That's how afraid of this team I am. And I don't think it would go to five. I think the A's would just probably fucking sweep them. I, they can't, the Yankees cannot beat the A's. And it's been proven this whole season. So, um, yeah, I'd be terrified if that happened. Out, outside of the AL Central, the Indians have, uh, let's see. I just had it in front of me. Six wins against the Angels, five wins against the Mariners, and then their four and three record against the Yankees is in like a three-way tie for third. 
but the plus uh, 22 run differential against the Yankees this year uh, lends me to believe that that thing could go five. Granted, uh, one game is a significant outlier in there. Yeah. But if, I think even if you take away that giant game, it's still neck and neck. No, I hear what you're saying. I, I just, hey, this is this is the postseason. This is why it's so true. This Very is why true. It's fun to to break it down because no one really knows. I just, and the stats are a great base or floor to build upon, but I think the seeing eye test really proves a lot here, especially when we break down these teams. And that's why when I look at the Nationals and the Dodgers series, that would be the most intriguing for me just in terms of what could happen, because I think the Nationals match up pretty well with that team. And especially, it's almost like having somewhat of the Ray syndrome with the Dodgers at home. It's Can you really count that as such a huge force of, like, do you sway favor to the Dodgers because they're at home? Like, I don't think you do. I, I, they didn't sell out fucking games last year. Mm, so true. it's not like the crowd has a huge effect on it. And the Nationals, have, they've been waiting for this all season, trying to just prove everyone wrong that they don't need Bryce Harper. And, hey, they don't need Bryce Harper. And yeah, very clearly don't need Bryce Harper. So I, I think they're just they're a better team in terms of how, how hard they play. I think the Dodgers have kind of t- uh, cooled off a little bit. Not like they were trying to win these games at the end anyway. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think the Nationals have a lot more to prove than the Dodgers because the Nationals, for as long as Harper was there, were always favored as, you know, the one seed in the NL and they can never make it past the DS. So we'll see what happens, but this is the one series that I'm most intrigued by in terms of how long it could go. Yeah, likewise. I, I think that's going to be a fun one. Uh, flip flip the side over, Braves and Cardinals. Bella, shut up. God. She agrees with me. <laughs> she's, she's psyched about this Braves-Cardinals series. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like I said, I have the Cardinals winning it. Yeah, no, I I have the Cardinals winning it too, and the reason I have the Cardinals winning it is because I I think this one, as good as I think Keuchel would probably match up with Flaherty in that game one scenario, I still think that the Cardinals just have a better lineup too. I think they're all healthy. I think the bullpen's better than the Braves. So I think if you have to go and you have to figure out who's going to close that game out, the Cardinals know who's going to do it. The Braves still have question marks. So I, that's a big question mark for me. I I like the Cardinals team a lot more than the Braves team at this point. Yeah, and and I'm on board with that as, as I mentioned. I think this is gonna I think this is gonna be a fun, potentially historic. Well, obviously they're all historic, but like maybe an all time postseason to remember. Yeah, I, I'm actually like this this postseason the way it's shaking out, especially with everything going on in the AL. The whole chaos scenario, just leading up to this, like I I can't remember a season in baseball where it's come down to the wire so close like this. And maybe, yeah, and maybe likewise. I'm just not thinking hard. Yeah, like, I just I can't I can't think. There's just there's like we've had had ones that have gone down to it, and there's been like one uh one spot up for grabs or two spots up for grabs. But I feel like we're we're less than a week left, and there's legitimately. I mean, neither like the there's there's a division in the AL Central, AL and NL Central still haven't been decided. Um, none of the wild card teams in the AL are slated in. We don't know who's playing at home in the NL wild card game. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is awesome. 
Yeah, and there's still the scenario where the Yankees could overtake the Astros, and the one seed and the two seed could be flipped, and then that changes the whole dynamic and logistics of how the Yankees would play their opponent. So yeah, there, there's a lot going into this, and I you're right. I think this is probably the most exciting build up to a postseason. I for one probably am. I think I'm right saying that it's going to live up to expectations. I think these teams all have something to prove here. Every one of these teams is in a position to show that they deserve it. And that's not to say that it's never the case. But if you go down the list, Yankees haven't won in 10 years. They're supposed to be perennial contenders. The Twins haven't been there. They're a young team. Rocco Baldelli brought this team from fucking nothing. The Astros, kind of like the Dodgers in that sense where they probably should have had more championships by now. And then the A's, the Rays, the Indians. I mean, the Indians, I don't have to say anything. You could probably take that one away. I mean, they're down 3 nothing to the White Sox right now, and I'm about to put my head through this computer screen. <laughs> but Thank God for ace Shane Bieber, who gives up fucking three in the first inning to the White Sox. <laughs> but, you know, it's just the, the Rays, too. The Rays got to the World Series in 08. They haven't been back. They haven't. I, I was it. so on. I was so on the bandwagon for that Rays team in '08. I was too. I think everyone was, but it was also a very boring World Series. Oh, the, arguably the most boring. Yeah, in a, in a long time. But you know the the National League shapes up the same way. The Braves are a lot like the Twins in that sense. They're a young team. They probably are way ahead of expectations where they should be. The Dodgers are the fucking Bills of baseball. The Nationals have to get the monkey off their back. And then the Brewers are playing with just way too much heart right now because of the Yelich injury. And then the Cardinals, the Cardinals, we we had them just we killed them back in July, I think, and just said that yeah. this this team had no shot. And here they are. So again, expectations probably if we roll back the tape, you know, two three months, probably didn't see this shaking out the way it did. But that's why baseball is awesome, and that's why this postseason should be awesome. Baseball is awesome all right curtain call time um i'll lead off and this is just in in the spirit of what i've been doing lately of just getting triggered on something and making it be my curtain call uh the indians aren't fucking making the postseason yep um let's see i'm gonna go i'm gonna piggyback off that and i'll give you some hope i think the indians will make the postseason i think the all right we're in disagreement here i think the wild card play-in game will come down to that chaos scenario Ooh, I love that. I love it. I love that because honestly, I think, so let's just talk real quick. We we discussed the scenario. We never discussed who it favors. I think it favors the Indians. Explain, because I think it favors the A's, but you go first. Because um, the Indians are going to be Team C. So they're going to have a home game. Oh, you know what? With this scenario, the Indians are probably going to be Team B. Oh, yeah, shit, you're right. Because the Oakland's obviously going to choose the day off. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're going to choose the first game at home, and then they're going to they're gonna elect to have a day off in between. And then Tampa will likely choose to be Team C that would host the loser. Yeah. You got the Cowbells. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't think about that. So hopefully you listened all the way through and didn't take our word as gospel when we broke it down originally. <laughs> it's a lot of chaos in this whole scenario, so we really have to break it down twice for you. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, Oakland will likely be Team A and play the home game on the 30th. 
Tampa will likely pick team to be to play home on October first, mm-hmm. and that would put the Indians as away going to Oakland. If they beat Oakland, they would go to Tampa. Or I'm sorry, if they beat Oakland, Oakland would go to Tampa. If they lose, then they would go to Tampa. Yeah. The Indians potentially could have to travel from D.C. to Oakland to Tampa to Houston in a span of four days. Oof, that's a fucking nightmare. That has sweep written all over it. I don't know, man. I, if the Indians get- oh, wait, 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 no. I'm sorry, it would be... It would be D.C. to Oakland to Tampa, back to Oakland, then to Houston. Yeah, you're right. Because, yeah. Oh. So, fuck. Wait. Hold on a second. Let's say. A lot of chaos here. Let's go chaos scenario again. Let's say Club A hosts Club B and Club A wins. Or Club B wins. So, Club B goes 1-0. So the Indians on the road beat Oakland. Then Club A and Club C would play. So Oakland would go to Tampa. Whoever wins that game would have a better head-to-head against the Indians. So who hosts the wild card game? Fuck. Ah, uh, Jesus. Would it be the Indians because they go one and zero? Well, I'm assuming assuming Oakland beats Tampa. So you have the Indians at one and zero and. Oakland coming out of that at one and one, but no, it'd still be Oakland because they technically have the better record against the Indians. The Indians, fuck no, I don't know because that, that's too much chaos. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's like in, in 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 men's league softball when a team comes out of the losers bracket. Yeah, I don't know how that would fucking work now because oh Jesus Christ, call Rob. Banford. My brain, my brain's in a pretzel. I think that's where we got to stop for today. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll send a note to the commissioner's office and ask him to break this down for us a little bit. Because I have no fucking clue what's going on now. <laughs> We're going to have to, to call on the powers of B at the breakdown and figure this the fuck out. Um, until then. <laughs> until then, I'll be enjoying my potatoes and watching the Yankees. Hopefully, air quotes, come back against Tampa in Tampa. All right. In other words, come back, meaning you're just going to lay down and enjoy not having to play uh Oakland. Yeah, maybe I'll, <laughs> honestly, maybe I'll throw an episode of Chopped on and get my fucking skills up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Gotta get ready for that oh, opening basket. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm just gonna fucking sit, start sending you just lists of ingredients like, at <laughs> random times throughout the day. Be like, what would you make now? Go! <laughs> Time me for fucking like 10 minutes. Oh my god. I love it. I got one. Right. I got one real quick. Real what do you got? If the Yankees get swept in the division series i will do a live stream chop challenge with the breakdown where you guys give me a list of ingredients oh. and i have to make it in in that amount of time and it has to taste good i'll have my girlfriend fucking taste test it wow i love this so the chop challenge is now fully in effect i love this um, I can't cook, and the Indians are going to miss the postseason. So I'm not even <laughs> risking that. <laughs> Love it. All right, that's been episode 18. Thanks for watching Chopped right here on the Food Network. <laughs> now, <laughs> this has been Gap to Gap. He's seven. I'm Tommy. We're going to go watch some baseball. Enjoy it. We'll see you next week for Wild Card Weekend. Wild Card Talk, Wild Card Weekend's football. Fuck this, I'm out. Later. Later. <laughs>